With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend, and I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm stuck in Folsom Prison, and time keeps dragging on. But that train keeps rolling on down to San Antonio. Are you on Andy's Champions League train? Saw that we are. It's a day trippers. It's weird, all this. Some hope remains and it's killing us slowly. On tonight's show, <laughs> on tonight's show, we bring you an interview with the excellent Dion Fanning and we chew the fat on all things LFC. I'm Trev Denny and joining me tonight are Andy Young, Dave choo Thomas choo. and Phil Choo Choo Casey. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are absolutely delighted to be joined by one of my favourite writers, Dion Fanning of the Irish Independent, or Sunday Independent, excuse me. Uh, Dion, uh, it's a... Uh, Always a, a pleasure to talk to a man who, who has a little bit of an insight into Liverpool and has done quite a bit of writing on the topic. Um, I've been very much taken with your piece on Rodgers there recently, and several of them, in fact. Um, what is your bottom line uh, uh, when it comes to Brendan Rodgers' suitability for the Liverpool FSG project, as it seems to be? Um, and do you think that's different, really, to what would be best for the fans or what the fans would like, you know, basically what's best for the project as opposed to what's best for and what fans want. Well, uh, so do you mean that the, the project is, uh, is, is a kind of sustainable model that, that FSG want rather than what the fans want? I, which, get, I guess so. I think that seems to be what, what, what we're being sold as a concept anyway, as, as a long-term concept. Well, 
Well, then I don't know. Uh, then maybe Rogers is suitable if if you want a manager. Uh, like I don't, I don't think necessarily that that I, you know. I I don't not even necessarily. I don't think sacking Brendan Rodgers is, is something that should be considered lightly or done at all necessarily. And um, like this summer, uh, because if if you're talking about a manager who 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 achieves the kind of you know as everyone points out, you know Liverpool's you know fifth highest wage bill, uh, fifth in the league, that kind of thing, then Rodgers isn't going. To, he's not John Carver. You know, yeah. he, he's not going to make things a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. Uh, but there is a question when people put that, that those 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 uh, figures to you, you kind of think, well, why have a manager at all? Because if managers can make things worse, there are managers who can make things better, too. Yeah. Uh, and that was the point of the piece I wrote last week, which was that, you know, I think and, I, you know, again, this isn't uh, a, a startling insight by me, but. You know, every lots of people are saying. But if Jurgen Klopp is available, uh, do you then consider that somebody worth pursuing who is better than Brendan Rodgers? The way it's it's unfolding with Brendan Rodgers at the moment, and I think there are, there are problems with how Brendan Rodgers manages the club. And I think you know there are obviously things that happen on the pitch, games that get that get lost. But I I do think as well there is a key thing when people say, "Oh, what he says in press conferences doesn't matter." I think there is a problem when a manager spends an awful lot of time putting credit towards himself for things that get, get to su- succeed. And then when you see after the game, like the Aston Villa game, saying that the players uh, didn't have, you know, they needed to have more courage. Um, yeah. That's the problem because that's only what, what fans think. That's what, what a dressing room thinks. And that's a, that's a problem. Uh, so uh, if I, my, my view on this, and it's the kind of, it's the old, I think it was the Billy Bean line about, you know, you, you keep upgrading or you're fucked. And uh, I think if you can upgrade the manager, as the same as you can upgrade the players, if you feel the manager is, is running out of time or running out of ideas or uh, is, is weakening his position, you know, then, then you, you, you look to do it. And uh, that's, that's my view on it. But I think there are a lot of other reasons why Liverpool... Have 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 had the season they've had, and you know it, it comes down to recruitment, essentially. But every football club, every football team, stands or falls on recruitment. Well, before before we move away, I suppose too much from the topic of Rodgers because I do want to stick with it just for a minute, and I'm going I'm going to embarrass you here by putting you on the spot just for the sake of our listeners to read a little piece from 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 the article that you read. And, it's kind of early on in, in the piece and you say, if as seems certain Brendan Rodgers the musical is written one day, there will be no problem finding song titles uh, which tell this improbable tale. Death by football, you can uh, live without water but you can't live without hope. The magic carpet ride and you only train dogs will be among the tunes that outline our hero's story with some of the brio poetry and the energy that he's brought to his career. Now, to me, <laughs> that sort of wonderfully sums up in a kind of a metaphor that the idea of the guff that Brendan does speak. And look, it's undeniable. And even those of us who would go out of a way to defend him when possible would see that as one of the, the problematic aspects of, of him as a manager um, in terms of the relationship that he's developing with the fans. Um, and it's something that you flagged up there. What other things? I mean, there's the kind of faux philosophy. There's myth building. There's this focus on the future, which you flagged up in your article as well. Always looking to the future as opposed to kind of, you know, as they say in Wayne's world, live in the now. You know, um, it, uh, what are they the kind of aspects? Or is there anything else that you could add to that? that, that well, 
again, I, I, I do think like that stuff and, you know, even that intro to the piece was to kind of get to the next line, which was about what does he want as, as, a, as a football manager? And, uh, you know, I, that's, that's something that, I, uh, that I, I struggle with. Again, it's like how, again, you know, you go back to stuff, you know, the, the famous quote about, you know, when, when, when he was at Swansea and, they, and, you know, they played Sunderland and the quote, you know, we were magnificent today. It was great for the people up here to see, to see our team. And, uh, you know, Swan, Swansea had lost 2-0. And uh, there was always that, there is always that thing of the, the you know, the argument and the, and the debate. And if you want to talk about the, you know, the philosophy between, you know, winning at all costs and winning and not winning at, and not winning at all costs, if you like. Like, they seem to be the two extremes. And I, I sometimes wonder if Rogers is, is too far on the other on the other side of it, where if people say you know the, the the performance you know eventually results will come, but sometimes it's like just focus on the performance. Uh, there, there, there. That's my opinion on it. I I think the key thing though, the key, the key problem I have with him is this sense that, and I think it is wearing on a dressing room. I don't think that sources close or you know whoever you know. Okay, that wonderfully detailed briefing for newspapers to have pieces on how Brendan Rodgers had single-handedly uh, turned the season around, uh, occasionally calling in his staff, but essentially working out the problems on his own. Uh, whoever brief, whoever gave that briefing was, as I say, you know, badly advised. Like that was uh, that was a time when Liverpool hadn't done anything. They hadn't actually achieved anything in the season. If you're going to do that piece, which maybe you shouldn't at all, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to brief on that piece, do it at the end of the season when something has been achieved. But don't then when things start, you know, it doesn't help then when things start going wrong if the manager comes out and says, you know, again, I'd say the same, but he's, you know, he's, done it, he's done it throughout his time at Liverpool. But, you know, the most recent examples are after the Aston Villa game about uh about you know players lacking courage, he said it after Crystal Palace last season. He said they lacked Liverpool lacked game management and uh, on the pitch. So again, it's like what's going on on the pitch is somehow that's I can't control that, which may or may not be true. But when you've got a manager who is who is as he said, you know, like you know, uh, who is putting himself forward as a kind of visionary, then don't be talking talking yourself down when things go wrong. Yeah. And I think that's a key thing. And I. You know, any footballer you talk to about these things will tell you that those things matter. Like, you know, you can supporters can say they don't, or people we can say they don't or do matter. But you talk to players and they say that stuff matters. And what, what Dion, in your opinion, needs to happen? I mean, we've had a lot of discussion about it here in the podcast, and a lot of the guys are of the opinion that maybe the, the overall management structure needs to change within the club. Some people thinking and moving that perhaps a director of football um, might help. Um, if Rodgers were to stay, and like, let's face it, it does seem highly uh, possible that he will. Um, how how does the club move forward? What changes do you think are are, are most likely? First of all, and and, and most um, advisable. Secondly, well, <clears throat> you look at uh, FSG's record on this. You know, especially uh, when they got rid of of Camoli and then Doug Leash, that they didn't they didn't like hesitate when they felt people hadn't really done what, what uh, they're supposed to do. Uh, and it may be like, and I, I put this in the piece last week and I, I would have sympathy for Rogers if he lost his job and the transfer committee remained because uh, I, I find it astonishing that uh, Liverpool knew for a year that Lewis Suarez was leaving 
they they knew that they knew they had one more year with him uh and their 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 plans were alexis sanchez and then fall off a cliff yeah you know like like remy like it was remy remy may have may, may remy would have been better than balotelli but he still wasn't uh i i don't see him as a replacement for for suarez um and and certainly balotelli isn't so if that's what you can come up with with a year of planning, with the kind of wisdom of crowds and all these other things that uh, Liverpool are supposed to be utilising, then those people aren't good enough at their jobs. Like, that's just a reality. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would have seen... So, Brendan Rodgers played his part in that. And, you know, one of the, the way the committee has failed has been a classic failure of, of committees. Like, you know, it basically gives everybody a way out. That wasn't my decision. That wasn't my decision. Instead of being the wisdom of crowds, it's just the kind of the collective failure of a bureaucracy. Yeah. So everyone can say that wasn't my fault. I didn't sign him. He didn't sign, he wanted him, blah, blah, blah. You know, but equally, like, I, you know, we, there's very little evidence that Brendan Rogers signings uh, are, are good enough. Um, so again, I think a lot, I would, I would agree that if, if Rogers was to stay, you would need to look at how you recruit a lot, a lot better. And, Probably get rid of people, but who again, you know, looking to do something different in, in the transfer market because that is the key thing. And Rogers is, you know, he is a good coach and he can put a team together. But uh, I, I, I just wonder if the way things are at the moment, if that, if that can happen. Yeah, um, I've got Phil here with me. Wouldn't mind asking a question, Dion. Dion, just a quick one. And I, I suppose it's 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 something that's been playing in my mind the, the, over the last couple, well, last few months uh, since the season has started, gone very pear shaped since say October time. But do you feel that the the visions that that you know that uh, that really emanate from the Hicks and Gillette area of the club? Do you feel they're just really being papered over a lot of the times? Because you can even see with the Rogers thing, you know, there, there's a lot of people either who want them out or want them in. There's people calling for Rafa. There's people, you know, and, and and all of a sudden the fan base seems to be very fractured. When if you if you looked at last season, almost everyone to a T would have been saying that Brendan Rogers has taken the club in, in the right direction. And it's it, I think it's interesting. You'd feel that the the damage that Hicks and Gillette inflicted on the club, you know. Is, how long is that going to take to heal, really? Or is it something that a change in management would, would solve fairly quickly? Well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think there's a, there's a natural tendency in, in all football supporters to see. Like, it's a problem with Liverpool. Because of that, maybe it is, it is because of the Hicks and Gillette, it tends to point inwards. But, like, you know, any football supporter, you write about any football club, but if you write about Manchester City you get accused of being a Manchester United fan. You know, you'll get, like, that's, that's the way it, it, it kind of breaks. With Liverpool, kind of slightly strange, you know, it's a sort of stranger phenomenon in that it tend, you tend to be accused of being in some other camp yeah. uh, within the club. So maybe that is, it is, is probably still the aftershocks uh, of, of, of Hicks and Gillette and of, you know, and of, of the sort of Benitez era mm-hmm. because, you know, the, there were sort of divisions there as well. So, uh I do, but I don't. I, I think the, the kind of the knee-jerk reaction isn't any different. It's just that there's a different label to hang on to whatever agenda people perceive, mm-hmm. rather than uh, it being a kind of uh, a kind of a unique sort of feeling or a unique way of reacting to situations. But because of, of what's gone on in the past, there does tend tend to be those 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 splits, which maybe is because of that. But uh, I think the general sense is just you know of uh, you know. People not when people hear hear things they disagree with, 
they tend to react like that. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I know we barely want to give a mention to the, that obnoxious spanner and all the rest of it. And you've mentioned Klopp as a potential replacement, but as a man who's been kind of up close and personal with Rafa Benitez in terms of interviewing him and, and getting to see what, how the man operates, would you have any truck at all with this idea that is being moved that the film mentioned there about a return for Benitez to Liverpool? Or is that one of those things you would rule out immediately? I would rule it out. I think it's, I think it'd be a, a bad idea for everyone. I, 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 uh, I just think it's, it's, uh, you know, I Neil Atkinson had a, had a piece on it. I think it's just, uh, you know, the divisions. Like you only have to see what's happening at the moment to see there will be a rump of people who would, uh, who would would be who would be against it. I think there would be massive expectation from the people who would want him back. Uh, I think Liverpool are better are better moving forward. I I thought Liverpool. I thought FSG even I thought even their ideas for you know what they wanted to do with the club and when they when they appointed Rodgers were fine. I thought it was actually it could work. It does there's a logic to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think in some ways they they went too far into kind of thinking they wanted people who you know would accept the collective decision. Because I think you rule out. Uh, I, I I think you, the idea of somebody who wants wants who has a will and a vision and wants something done shouldn't be kind of ruled out. It's a good thing. You mightn't like it, but you look at people, you know, Wenger had it at his peak, Ferguson had it, Mourinho has it, Guardiola has it. Like if you find that, if you find somebody who says, this is what I want, uh, you, 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 and, and you kind of think this, but this is a, a compelling vision, you go for it. Now I know Rogers had his, his 180 page dossier, but I think he was more of a, of a, he was more of a committee man at the same time too, yeah. but I think to go back to Benitez. I think it would be it would be it would be crazy. I think just for everyone's sake to kind of go back to that and try and what well, relive relive it. You know, I I think again if you go back to his final year, I thought the greatest mistake with with Benitez going was replacing him with Hodgson. I thought there was a there was a logic you could make you could you could easily you could make a very persuasive case in that final year that the pressure of everything. Had made him, you know, had put him into a position where he wasn't really, you know, going to do the job well again. Uh, the the huge mistake, what was again not upgrading, was downgrading massively. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's the thing. And to go back, um, I don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think it would be good for him, and I don't think it would be good for Liverpool. And just one last thing on a kind of broader scale, Dion. We've been talking amongst ourselves, and basically, if Liverpool can't break into the top four in this season, which seems to be full of um, sides who are let's say underperforming um, when are they going to do it is the kind of question that we'll be talking about later on and what do you think about that concept that the standard of the Premier League it's something we hear thrown around quite a lot people tend to, tend to gripe but there seems to be a compelling argument for it that the standard of the Premier League is quite poor this season how, how, how do you think about that? Yeah I think it I think it's uh, I think it's been I think it's been a poor league as well I think it's uh, there just hasn't been, you know, you compare it to last season, uh, and speaking as a journalist, I found, you know, there were so many things to write about last season. Uh, obviously, a title race, but there was, you know, Manchester United, there were various things happening. This season has been, has, hasn't been interesting, and it hasn't been, there isn't the quality then, if you want to judge it against, you know, what English clubs have done in, in Europe. Uh, but Liverpool, like it's, you can say that Liverpool, should have done better, but Liverpool have played their part in it being an underwhelming season by being underwhelming themselves. So, uh, 
again, you come back to, you know, from should Liverpool have done better in this, in this kind of weak league? Yeah, they should have. But when you look at the, the mistakes that were made last summer, you wonder, you know, were they ever going to do it? Like, and that's, that's, that's the problem. That is the thing. And, you know, if you, uh, if you have a hundred million pounds to spend, you should probably you should spend it better than Liverpool did last year, and then you would challenge for the top four. Well, the on take heart, there's always Jose Enrique and Colly Pasco to, to to fill your articles between now and the end of the season. I know I'm going to be relying on the two chaps. Uh, so, listen, thanks a lot for your time, Dion. That was uh, wonderful indeed. Thanks very much. Okay, let's just following on from the conversation we were having there. Um, we want to talk about. I suppose, potential targets and what kind of strategies we should be having behind that, what kind of thinking there should be behind it. Let's not dwell too much on the whole idea of what's in situ in terms of a committee and all that, because people are basically making stuff up there. They don't know. Um, <laughs> they don't. I, I'm, I'm sick of listening to it. Um, we've got a few questions from people talking talking uh, about this topic, about transfers. Dennis Marino asked, very frankly, are we going to sign a load of shit again? Uh, this summer which <laughs> fair play Dennis Luke Mullen says what the fuck are we doing giving Jones a new contract I don't know what happened about that story during the week because my head blew up so I don't know um, <laughs> was it because of that story <laughs> it, it was related uh, Connor says taking into account our transfer policy will we ever have a testimonial again which is an interesting thing and if so who will it be um, lots of questions like that and then uh, some other people mentioned the kind of players we've been linked with Neil for example saying Trippier Benteke Milner how excited are we getting about these and what are your thoughts about how we should approach New players. Well, I suppose leading on from what we were just discussing in terms, you know, and looking at squads and upgrading squads and the whole lot. Really, my take on this is simple: if we buy someone, they should be better than the person that they're replacing. Right? Yeah. And when I'm looking at it, I'm saying they should be better than the person that's inhabiting the jersey in the first team. Like if, if you were to name your strongest eleven, mm. they should be better than the person that's in there at the moment than say somebody that's sitting on the bench. So, for example, we were talking about the, the Neto story came out this morning from Paul Joyce. It's fairly decent when it comes to to, 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 to transfers in terms of having inf- information whatever coming out of the club. And they're saying that we're looking to back into it because Neto's decided that, well, Neto's been advised not to go to Juventus because he's going to sit on the bench behind Buffon. And I'm looking at saying, OK, is Neto the upgrade that we need? Now, is it the upgrade on Brad Jones? Well, let's be honest about it. He's alive. So that's already, he's, he's already <laughs> up there, right? So, so <laughs> that's, that's a start. Right? Well, Brad, yeah, go on. No, but uh, you know what I mean. Like Neto, but for me, Neto is about the same level as Mignolet. So, do we upgrade the goal, goalkeeping situation by signing him? We do, but we don't upgrade the first team goalkeeper. Okay, so you've basically got a very even level of goalkeepers at the club. So, but if you're putting on a par, is that not an improvement that we've got people competing? Oh no, for? it's yeah. it's an improvement yeah. on what we have. Okay, but but it's not an improvement on who's in the first team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but priority was you buy a goalkeeper that's better than me. You're talking about maybe 15 million. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> Do you, you set the price is that for goal? Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, okay. Go you're, you're talking about money that could be invested in in more important areas. Yes or no? Maybe not 15 million, but 10 million. Like, what did make cost? No, but again, that's because we went shopping in England. This yeah. comes. This comes back to like we're talking about the overall bit, right? Mm-hmm. If you've decided that you want to upgrade, okay, your goalkeeper, but just to be guaranteed, like you talk about your man Shrap, right? Mm-hmm. You believe he'll come in and he, he would be better than Mick, mm-hmm. right? But just to be guaranteed, you're talking about maybe replacing um, Joe Allen in midfield. Like you could name a dozen players. Mm-hmm. Talking about replacing Mick and doing it on the cheap, it's not going to be easy. So 
I don't see a problem with bringing in a fella for free. Oh, look, Andy, but this, this is this is the the argument I'm putting there. It's, it, it's then it's where do you lie as a person in terms of yeah. your preferences for what you're going to do? So do yeah. are we going to upgrade? So if we're not upgrading Minule, fine, right? And if you want, so then you have to upgrade Brad Jones. And in that instance, it makes sense to sign somebody on a free like Neto, who could well be first team goalkeeper by the end of the season. But you look at the squad, right? That possible exits, right? Jones, Johnson, Enrique, even Torre, uh, Lambert, Quates. Uh, Lucas even Barini Aspas Alberto I mean there's loads of them and you can bring in players Balotelli. on the cheap Balotelli um, you can bring in Jones. players on the cheap that are better than mm. all of them so then it leaves a hell of a lot of money hopefully to just splash out on a striker but if you want to do what you want to do and start replacing from the top down you're just going to be spreading out the money no, again I'm, I'm saying I'm saying that we do need goals, I accept that, and, uh, but I don't know if we need to sign seven players all on freeze when we could sign four absolute quality players and use our U team to, to supplement our squad. Hmm. Like, because I don't, I don't see the massive benefit, benefits okay. we've done when we've gone for squad. So you say, you're saying maybe like this, there's probably ten players who could <coughs> possibly exit. They're not all going to go. You're saying, right, like, bring up a fella from the 21s. He's going to do his job from now on and we're going to replace Joe Allen. Oh, we're going to replace Lovren. We're going to replace. Well, uh, what I'm saying to you is, we, well, like we name some of these players who aren't even contributing to the squad at the moment and don't feature. Like yeah. Enrique may as well be sitting on a beach somewhere, which mm. he normally is. He normally right? is. To be fair. You know, like um, but we have had to play Johnson left back. Well, but that's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. At the same time, well, you I, know, I, I, Moreno's. You know, he's been, he's had little peaks and he's had parts of his game when he. Now he's yeah, but Andy, struggled. Andy, I'm saying, I'm saying, if we can go out and upgrade, we need to go out and upgrade the first team player, right? Mm. Look to be that. That should be our gauge for when we're identifying a target and saying this is the. Player but I think Andy's want. point is you can only do that with two of the first team or three of the first team before your money runs out. So that has to, I think you're both kind of saying the same thing actually, which is that there needs to be a balance between spending money on the priority areas, whatever they're determined to be, and let's be honest, they're all in the final third of the pitch, right? Mm. They're all goal scorers. I got a problem after that if every other... If we bought three, if we bought three 30... But we won't do this. But if we bought three 30 million pound attackers, you know, goal scorers, I wouldn't care if we, everyone else we signed was a free transfer. Wouldn't bother mm. me at all. I wouldn't care if we never signed anyone else. Mm. Like, I'd be happy with it. I'd be happy to play... We'd actually get Champions League football I totally believe. I totally believe that. So... What I'm hoping, the problem, and look, we're all going to have to have a bit of patience with this, right? It's May the 5th at the end of the day, right? Mm. And we're going to be linked with, like we were last summer, a thousand players, right? And, you know, the first question, are we going to sign a load of shit? I don't think we signed a load of shit last summer. I, I, I reject that as a premise. I think we made two mistakes. One was thinking that Balotelli was going to be a good enough striker to score us enough goals. And two believing that Lovren was a good enough defender to uh, fix that defence. Those are the two errors. Apart from that, Markovic, Moreno, Emre Jean, uh, Divock Origi, Javier Manquillo, they will all be better next season and they will all kick on next season. So the strategy... Manquillo is going to have a great season for Atletico Madrid next season. Well, okay. <laughs> let's say, let's say he, he doesn't stay. But the, the point is, the profile of the player that we're looking at and we look, seem to be looking at some of those players again but what's going to get leaked, first of all, is 
A, the English players, because the paper's got nothing else to write about because everything else is done in the league. And the players that we're after are free transfers because we're going to talk to them first because we don't have to talk to the clubs. So that's why Milner, Ings and even Neto, which I don't think we'll sign, but Milner and Ings, I think, are the two most well, likely I think, free transfers. I think they're saying tonight that the Ings is looking like an almost a, a done yeah. deal at this stage. And it has been for a while. Yeah. Let's be honest about it. Like this, this Ings thing is like there was, and I remember, the, if you remember the papers back in January, they're saying a, a deal and all is in yeah, place, exactly. right? It was just they were waiting until the end of the season because mm. Burnley wanted to keep him. And like, there was even talk that might happen on the final. Like, I don't even think that's a question anymore. I think mm. that happens yeah. and mm. we pay less than five million for him. Yeah. Right? Now, Go then, then the Milner thing. I think we all agree. Look, I see, I'm seeing Milner getting pelters right now. He wouldn't be if I was looking at players. He wouldn't be somebody that jumps out at me and says, "Yeah, I'd love to have Milner at my team." But however, I think he comes in. As I said, I think he does a better do- job than Joe Allen in terms of what he provides to the overall team. I'm not saying he's a better player necessarily. When Joe Allen is on top form, you know he he's he's a very good. The problem with Joe Allen is, and it goes back to this conversation we have a lot of times, he's too patchy and he's too injury prone. Mm. And we can't afford it with, with the way Rogers operates a squad, which is to play with not a massive amount of bodies in a squad over the course of a season. We can't afford a fella who's in and out constantly through injury, because then he's he's moving players around all the time. Whereas I think Milner's a bit more robust. Yeah. He doesn't pick up as many injuries as say Joe Allen does, and, and probably brings yeah. a bit more. He can I, play I, fullback, he can play wing back, and he can also yeah, play yeah. as an attacking midfielder. And look at the amount of them we have. Mm. You know, we'd Lovren injured, we'd Sacco injured, we'd Skirtle injured. Well, no, he's he was suspended. suspended wasn't he? That's yeah. the only time he's really out. Um, everyone's picked up knocks. Like you know, mm. you you'd um, you'd Lucas out, you'd Alan out, Storage being the main one. Even Balotelli is shit. Like, he was he was injured. Yep. So we've loads of players that are getting injured, and like Brendan does like to pick a team, the same team the following week when they performed. It's been impossible for him all season. And I think just on the Milner thing. Like people look fucking nuts. Julius Milner is, I think, certainly based on this season's performance, better than any of the central midfielders we have. Mm. Who's better? Who's played better than him this season? Coutinho. Well, I'd play Coutinho in central midfield, but that's not what he's playing. But like, he's the equal at least of Henderson. He's he's got the same goal scoring threat. He's better technically. He's got the same engine. He's smarter. He's more of a leader than Henderson is. He's better than Allen. In every way, he's more physical than Alan. He's a winner. He's just coming from a two-time Premier League winning team. He's used to winning. He's got great temperament. He's never injured. Great character. I mean, he's people, 20, twenty-nine. Yes, people are complaining about this. It's uh, just mental. To I me. think Milner on a free. It's going back. Look, Milner on a free is a bit of a no-brainer. Yeah. If if we're if we've got if we're money, the money well. to spend yes, where we need to spend it, right? That's the thing. I think it's a bit of a no. Going back to Andy's point, is he better? And, and my point, and it, it confirms my point. Is he better than someone that's inhabiting that jersey that he'll be wearing in the first team? Hmm. And yeah. arguably, you can say he'll, he's a better right, back, right wing back than Glenson is, right? He's he's a he, he's better in the type of midfield we have yeah. than say Joe Allen would be. Even in the two, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you he know what I mean? The worry, so the worry sure. people that's, have that's an upgrade. Yeah, and this is my point. That's an upgrade. If you're going to keep, even if you keep Joe Allen and you have Milner there, your midfield is eminently stronger than what it was beforehand because you've got. You've, well, you've just better players. Yeah. You're not carrying players. And I know, the, the, and this is not a pop at Gerard, but like, we've carried Gerard for the majority of the season. Right? And I know it, it probably sounds tough coming off the back of him scoring his header at the weekend. But there was large sway to that game where he just wasn't involved. Yeah. No, no, I agree. And, and, and I think that I understand people's worry because the names they're hearing, they hear Milner, they hear Ings, they hear Neto, and they're like, Jesus Christ, are we going to spend any money? But 
we have been heavily linked with, say, Depay, whether we sign him or whether we don't, right? And now we're heavily linked with Son. So we're clearly looking for that type of player, that type of top quality final third player. We've been heavily linked with Benteke. Benteke would not be my choice. But Benteke is an upgrade on every striker that we have at the club. Apart from if he was one of Andy's uh, 30 million players, uh, no, I'd be, how, how would you feel? I don't understand the 30 million price tag or spending that money on someone like Benteke for what you would be able to get in yeah. Europe. Mm-hmm. I don't it's understand a, that. It's such a lack of creativity yeah. in, the, in the mind of yeah. someone who's picking out transfers. And sort of like Lallana was, like you paid, after talking about it for six months, like end up paying 25 million and the same crack will happen with Benteke because yeah. he's got to prove him to be able to score goals in yeah. the league we do see I, think it'd be a, I think it'd be a bad signing overall I think pretty underwhelming wouldn't it for if, it was, yeah. if it is that price yeah I think like he'll score goals but we kind of need a 20 goaler hmm. you know I, I think I, he's a 20 goaler I think yeah. if he's fit the problem with him is his injury record I think he is as close to a guarantee of 15 goals at least. He's as close to a guarantee as you're going to find, yeah. right, for a 15 goal a season striker. Yeah, I do really do think we need someone that's going to play week in, week out. Yeah, and yeah, that's my worry is injury yeah. record. I'm not yeah. sure he, he, he's as robust. But let, let me ask you this. If it was Lukaku, right, if we were saying, if it, Lukaku wasn't at Everton, Lukaku was at Aston Villa, and he was having the type of season Benteke were having. I, I'd be for some reason I'd be more comfortable with Lukaku because he looks more like they both go the same type of they? But they're actually mm-hmm. very similar. And actually, Benteke I think is a slightly better all-round player. He is think, quick. But again, it comes back to right if we, and it's the one bit that we haven't touched on. What is our policy? What is our, our our sort of our setup for next season? Yeah. Because we should only be signing players who are going to. We should have two or three formations and whichever one are in a preferred formation going back to the idea now we've seen to drop back into this 4-2-3 yeah, we're no closer to now no but this one yeah. I, I think we are I think we are oh, we, we've on. played we've played for nearly 20 months under the three years of Rodgers' uh, tenure in a 4-2-3-1 okay. I just don't think he's got had the players to execute that the way he's wanted you to do that's his default all the I time. think that's yeah. what he wants yeah. to play okay. mm. I genuinely think that's what he wants to play and it's, if that's it's if, the modern formation of pretty much everyone plays <coughs> if that's the formation he wants to play then Whoever the fuck is buying the players, mm. be it him. And look, there's an argument now that, and it's it's a very conducive one. Remove the fucking doubt. Either put a director of football, fuck this transfer committee a bit, right? And I know, and but this is very fan show in terms of like, oh, we want to know who's accountable. We want to know who's responsible, right? But it also removes Rogers' thing that you know, you know, this is, and we all work hard and hold on. Give him full authority. If you're saying that he has to do achieve something for the end of next season, say there you go, right? All the transfers are on you. So if these all fail. Mm. There's no there's no stone to hide under. There's no there's no people to hide behind. Or you put somebody in a Monchi, whoever, whoever, whatever, whatever you put in as director of football, Max Aber, whoever it is, right? And you say no, Brendan. He's in charge. You you tell him what what positions you want. He'll go and get players. Mm. You play those players. If you can't live with that system, listen, that's fine. And that's exa- And without speculating on what's going to happen, yeah. that is exactly what I would do if I was FSG this summer. I would say, okay, you didn't get Champions League. All right, so change has to happen. We're going to retain you because actually there are things that we really appreciate about what you do: the development of the young players. You know, your uh, he gets the club. Rogers yeah. does, to be fair, he's a good communicator, Media he's a good man manager, he's a yes man, which he's, is important for he's them. In, he, he, well, he buy, <laughs> well, yes man, as in he buys into what they're trying to do yeah. on the whole. Yeah. 
So well, look, look no, I, I, I'm serious. Like he, he's not going to disrupt things. The last thing FSG need or the club need is someone who's going to a Rafa style shake things up. For sure, yeah. nobody wants that. No one yeah. wants that. Right? So if Rogers uh, goes out and makes it, I don't listen to him in interviews because I can't even from day one. Even yeah, when I'm winning, I can't, there, I, think, I yeah. can't listen to him. Yeah. But he does a thing where he deflects and he. He never gets drawn to controversy. Like he'll talk as much shit as possible, and he just he'll just uh, pacify the journalists. And you know he doesn't. Well, even the way he dealt with that banner atrocity, to be fair to him, was excellent. Yeah, but you to know, go he, and he does, so to go back. Yeah. So if I was FSG, you if you decide that you're going to give him another year, yeah. what you then say to him is, but because of the underperformance, because of the bullshit I'm reading about the transfer committee, because of this, because of that, there's some things we need to change. And I think the smartest thing they could do is to do exactly what Phil has articulated and saying, okay, you are going to say what you what positions you want. We are going to sign those players. You are, you are going to have to play those players. Mm-hmm. Up until Christmas, I think Emre Jan had played like five games. I think Sacco had played four games. I think Markovic had played three games or something like that. And there's no coincidence that the upturn in form came when he had to play those players, which up until Christmas he'd been reluctant to do so. And now he's fallen back into that trap a little bit again. So if I was FSG and they're committed to keeping Rodgers, what I think they'll do and what I hope they do is they will be very clear on what his role is and what the role of whatever that other structure looks like is. Yeah. Okay, mm. fair enough. Yeah. Well, I suppose we can kind of leave that sit for now. Look, uh, with a, with a, with a, an acknowledgement that look the games at the moment and what are, what's left, the importance of them is sort of neither here nor there. Let's take a look back at the most recent match and look ahead to Chelsea, but in a kind of more general way. Um, well, is it though? You know, if you know you'd have a run in. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but it is, it is take, taking up on a thing, just on... Choo-choo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here it comes! Choo-choo! <laughs> we can hear the train in the distance. But no, it, it, like, go, this is your point. You say, you know, in terms of the way you're phrasing it, but because United have done po- so poorly over the last mm. three games, right? You don't believe any of this. Go on. I'm, I'm the eternal optimist God, oh, <laughs> I, I think we can still win the FA Cup oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's genuinely right Yeah, there's now a glimmer of hope before when there wasn't going into the QPR game was gone hmm. it was genuinely gone right because of the way the results gone at the weekend all of a sudden there's a bit of a chance so, so look at it <laughs> it isn't a case we go now it'll be interesting because we go to the Chelsea game with something to play for which every time we've had something to play for in the last few weeks, we've bottled it. Well, so now, have we learned anything? Now, Chelsea have nothing to play for. They've won the league, right? Yeah. And, they actually, and they're not, this game for them doesn't impact on a rele- relegation struggle or anything like that, right? So they've actually mm. got nothing to play for in this match. The championship is wrapped up, mm. right? They're not going to break records points total by winning all the rest of their games or anything like that. They're going out to have a bit of a party. But they're at Stamford Bridge. But this is what I'm saying. They're going out to have it's a bit of a party. Record. We are going out with something to play for. And when we've gone out to play for something, for, we have froze terribly. So this is this is now, for me, a big test on what's being discussed by the manager in his press conferences about learning things and going, being ready for next season and also continuing to give us an outside chance at top four. Because all you know have to do is replicate our run-in for, from the, for the last three games of last season and us to win our last three games, and we'll sneak the f- we'll sneak forward. Okay, well, if if, if that's w- w- where you, you want to drive this, can I suggest then that if the selection, and that's all I can really talk about, because like I said, I wasn't able to see on Saturday. If the selection 
continues to be like it is. Surely that shows well, that look, we've learned nothing, as Phil the same, says. The, the same side is going to start. Lambert's well, going to start. So what's learned? Nothing. Well, nothing's learned. Chelsea yeah, target. There you go. Nothing's learned. So, so, the, <laughs> but, so there we go. But you don't know what's happening behind the scenes here. You don't know what that dressing room was like. You don't know what... I, I, I can't I, I can understand it. I can't understand playing players who are not going to be there next season. I don't understand playing Johnson. I don't understand playing Gerrard. I don't understand playing... Okay, Gerard is slightly more complicated. But playing Ricky Lambert, you know, I just don't... But they're going to start because... It's only a bit more than Balotelli. Like, he put himself He did about. different he was, things to Balotelli. I don't think he did more. I don't more. think he did much. And I'm not going to get it. I, I, I didn't think he played particularly poorly. I didn't think he played particularly brilliantly. Again, and I've seen Balotelli put in the same shifts and get pelters over it. So, for me, it was... It, he, he did... His, his pass for the goal, fair play. But at the same time... I've seen loads of things where he's basically just he's just irrelevant in the game. The only thing he does that Balotelli doesn't do which to be fair is that he leads the line. He stays <coughs> up front. He doesn't mm-hmm. come deep to collect the ball. But when he does come deep he can't get back up top. No. Well, but that's why he doesn't, doesn't do it. it. He just stays up there. There was a lot of times and look, and so he does stretch the pitch a little bit. It does so stretch to give him that. But, but I, and, and look, I don't, I don't even want to, to take the piss out of him because as I said I thought he did okay on Saturday. Right? I don't think he did particularly brilliantly but I thought he did okay he went out he tried to socks off and I'm not going to criticise a guy for going out and trying his best and, and for getting an assist, assist for the goal because in fairness to him that's okay good day at the, good day at the office in, co- in comparison to some of the games that he's played for us yeah. you know but again I think the, the best bits of the game against QPR is what, is what we need to take into the Chelsea game going, the, the, your bit we had Sterling we had Coutinho and we had Lalana, right now they weren't leading the line mm. but they were behind Lambert and it was their movement that any time we created a chance against QPR, we, and it was all that intricate, you know, the, the little ones to open it up. So even if they had, even with QPR, when they had the, the mass defence on the edge of the box, we were using small little passes to cut in and get through them and get shots away. But, but the thing is, right, Chelsea, and I, I don't mean this to sound like a backhanded compliment, but they are a significantly better version of West Brom, right? There is no way we're scoring against Chelsea if we play that side. Unless Coutinho bangs one in for 40 yards, no, but like, there's no way we're scoring against them. The, the whole thing with Chelsea winning the league t- t- changes the complexion of this altogether. Like, They'll psychologically, they they won't care about this game as much as we should. Now, when I, like, you know, we've seen them, Liverpool go out in the FA Cup semi-final and not look like they gave a shit. But if, if there's any sense of belief in that dressing room... Psychologically, will have an edge because they're in party mode. Their season is finished. Why would the players really, really be up for it to the point that they've nothing to play for now? Because they're at home, they're going to get the Premier League trophy on the day, right? They and Mourinho fucking hate, loves beating Liverpool. There is no way they lay down for us. They won't lay down, but it's just I don't think they leave an opportunity. Okay, if they didn't win the league, I'd be ruling it out completely. Yeah, if we can beat Chelsea. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. And I think it, there is there is, a, there is a glimmer. Yeah. Well, what you're saying you know what I mean? is a very good point. We should have but we should be more we should have yeah. infinitely yeah. more desire yeah. than they do. We That's should. the point that he's making. It's a good point. Yeah. But the desire when you're playing when you're playing Johnson, the spine yeah, of a team yeah. that has no pace or no they can have all the desire in the world. I, I never doubt Jera's desire to run his legs off. The problem is that he can't do it. It's it's like yeah. you're hamstrung in the team, you know? I actually would play Coutinho, Sterling, and Lallana as a front three. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what like, like against City. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly right. what I do. But you know, I, I'd actually like, and, and, and from, from what I've seen uh, from the QPR game, seeing the way Jared has occupied the space because he can't get up and down the pitch anymore, right? Um, and the way he was basically just filling in as a third centre back, 
when 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 teams you know when, when he wasn't getting close to the midfield and Chan was then coming in from right back and becoming a, an auxiliary centre midfielder, right? I I wouldn't start Gerrard in this, and that's not because you know I, I I don't think he offers much to the team at the moment, but mainly because I think Chan is going to be playing in, in that position a lot next season, and I think that we will. He's already played centre back, so I think he naturally. I think I think naturally. He's much more naturally set up to play in that type of idea where if he drops in between the two centre-backs, he's able to play the game as a centre-back because he's been playing there a lot mm. for the season. But he also wants to step into midfield. He wants to become a midfielder. He wants to start things off. You see him, he takes the ball up, he looks yeah. up and his passes. Sure, Carnegie made the point he'd never seen a free roll right back right, before. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it, like it's, it is um, possible that Johnson moves over to right back. Moreno comes back into the team. That that leaves either Chan out of the team or he moves him into midfield. I I I I wouldn't start Johnson as you know. I, I, but like, I I prefer to see Ibe play down play down the right flank and right Moreno, back. Well, no, if in that situation in that system, yeah. when Gerard drops in, we're playing with three at the back. Yeah, so I think when we're Chan only drops in, now we'll be talking about changes, big changes. Yeah, I was now. Gonna say, he's going to play this really. Like, but I, think I, I, I wouldn't play Gerard either, but for a different reason, right? Which is a little bit of, I'm not sure. It depends where his head is at, but Chelsea fans are going to give him 90 minutes of absolute dogs abuse. <laughs> like, seriously, they are, over the, yeah. over the slip last yeah. season. Mm. I'd bring him on as a sub with 30 minutes to go. Hopefully he was still in the game, chasing the game. I think he will be fucking brilliant for us if he came on for the yeah. last 30 minutes. Yeah, that's that's how I'd do it. But again, like, and the other thing, the like, doing the guard of honour, and, and I think I've seen some ridiculous situ- suggestions that we shouldn't do it and stuff. Oh, like what's that's wrong just, with people? Right? Fuck's sake. But I wouldn't. I, I, I don't think they're Liverpool fans at all. I think they just what got their head up their hole like, that they don't. They, you know, gives a fuck, I think for, for the players, I think we should have to fucking polish the trophy, but I, and they should have to fucking. But you know what? Uh, what winning looks. But, like. the, but this yeah. is what this is what I'm saying. I think for those players in their team who were there last season, who got so close to winning the league yeah. title, to have to then stand fucking and give right. a guard of honour. To the team that basically they lost the league to last year, yep. that should be the greatest learning. Yeah, the, the humi- uh, what's it? Not humiliating, but the greatest sort of um, humility. Hu- yeah, level yeah. of humility that they they need to learn yeah. that if you want to be a winner, you don't want to be in this position again next yeah. year. You do not want to be clapping on the team. You want to be clapped on. Yeah. Isn't that what yeah. Ferguson you know said what I mean? in the in the ninety nine Champions League final at halftime? They were losing to Bayern Munich, and he said. Um, See that trophy out there. Imagine not being able to pick it up at the end of the game. Mm. You know, imagine what that's going to be like. And apparently, anyway, apparently that's what he said. But you see, I completely agree. We should be going, lads. This is what fucking champions looks like. Mm. Look at the way they play. Look how they play for each other. Look how they just win when they need to win. Look how they win the big games. Mm. This is what we are going to be. This is what we want to be. And if you don't think you can be at that level, this is the wrong club for you. And that includes that's everyone. Everyone at the club should have that. Yeah, message. it's not. It's not a bad one. Like going in there and uh, the players seeing that this what this what a party is. Yeah. This what this they, this what they, yeah. yeah. This what a stadium looks like yeah. when when, the crowd, when you've won the league. Yeah. Yeah. Plastic you know, flags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but Apply um, well, what Liverpool fans can famously do, and what, like we did last season, the coaches coming in and all that. Yeah, uh, you know, they, they, it isn't a bad situation for them to be in in terms of getting up for the game and thinking about it, and just. Get I hope you're smell right. Of, I hope we're up for it. I hope that. I I just. Just I, I want the season over, but just finish it on a high. Beating Chelsea would be, I think, it's a game we got to win, right, to give ourselves any sort of chance. They're mm. the best team in the country. We're away. I, you know, we've never won, never beaten Mourinho and uh, Rogers. Yeah. Um. It's like now is the time to do it. We ran them close in the League Cup final. I, I, I'm nervous about the lineup. I just, 
I think that he'll he'll play the same side. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look. I suppose some sort of a nod to <laughs> that was a big amorphous review <laughs> preview. Oh, we were crap against QPR. Oh, what, what, like, what, <laughs> so, I know. I know. But like, again, what are we going to say about the QPR game? We 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 had, we made loads of good, really good attack, mm. attacking threats. We had we missed three clear cut goal scoring opportunities, right? And then we did absolutely fucking incredibly daft things at the back Don't against move. one of the worst teams that I've ever seen play. I thought Newcastle were bad. QPR looked like a mm. bunch of forty-year-olds yeah. on a stag party to be dragged out for a five-a-side. Well, apart from the set, hey. apart from the set pieces, though, I didn't think we were that bad defensively. <clears throat> I think you know, apart from but, 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 of corners, the only but like the ninety seconds gone on a corner. Ah, yeah. Typical. Well, a certain per, a certain person loses his ma- the fellow that he's marking right, who then doesn't even touch the ball and goes in. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you're mm. just looking at going. The game was fucked. It took us fifteen minutes to start that game. Like I, I, I could get very angry about that that match very easily, mm. despite us winning. Like the the things that we threw away, like the, the Gerard penalty, um, you know that's that's fair play to him. He came back and showed balls and got the, and got the header. That fair play, you know. At least why is Gerard never ever in our penalty box for corners? He's probably the best header at the club. Yeah, he probably yeah. is. What Actually, the, the fuck the, is he the doing? One, taking the one corners? thing, the yeah. one thing I I learned from the QPR game, and it's only one thing I learned from it, right? If you have Emery Chan attacking that forced ball, because he started to do it on corners and from on the side that he normally thinks, and also from free kicks, he seemed to be rolling around and attacking the ball as it comes in. He was very good at it. Do you remember Andy Carroll did it for a while? Mm. Where he was just on the, defensive corners, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He and, cleared a lot. And he cleared a lot. Yeah. And I was saying, right, that's tactic there. Use that all the time. That's yeah. good. He knows how to, he knows, he's not like the other lads who just go randomly towards and, and run towards mm. the ball. He's yeah. got a judgment about his headers. So that was the one thing I learned. That's, there's, there's one good thing. That'll do. Lovren's cr- cropped him up a lot now on the penalty in the six yard box. So and, he should, and, he should and, have scored four or five Getting on to the end yeah. of him. Um, I mean, he put one. He got fucking, he got good power on the header. Yeah, you he can't really, unlucky, When you're in that position, you just have to yeah, direct the ball towards the goal. Like, you're not going to be picking out a spot. Like, yeah. just so one, that's all you can do. Scribble good. hasn't had a header, really. No. He's good running his ass yeah. but I don't think he's had one on target all season. Yeah, and it's amazing, like, last year, how, how many yeah. uh, set pieces we scored from. But um, does he scared in the box, causing the trouble, getting the penalty, yeah. getting the arm pulled like a proper centre forward does going yeah, down? Like a proper centre <laughs> forward. Yeah, we okay. do predictions. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> We're up for it now. That'll probably do. Up for the cup. That'll do. Right, Andy, how do you say it going? So, um, so 70 uh, points club. I mean, I've just been trying to be super positive here. Uh, started the old um, LFC Champions League train on Twitter and all. Got about 54 members on podcast. Get game. on. So it's not bad. Um, enough to fill probably three or four carriages on the train. <laughs> so I'm hoping... <laughs> This weekend, <laughs> we can just like. Stop. We're gonna need more trains. Put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks I'm talking shite. They'll be listening now to uh, tomorrow whenever it's up, thinking he's an awful gobshite. But <laughs> when you see if Liverpool beat Chelsea, yeah. everyone will be on board again. They'll be all. If you know you drop points, if, if again. you know you drop points against Palace, and we beat Chelsea. Yeah, we, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll probably know by the weekend. United have gave us enough little lifelines now. We we'll probably know. At the end of next weekend, whether we're going to be in a, with any sort of if that train is going to arrive in the yeah. station, I, I love that. So it's I'm possible. going. I love that. Yeah, yeah. No, of course, it's possible. Like, yeah, I love it, that. Huh? I love that. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, one nil to Liverpool. One nil to the Reds. Uh, Lovren's going to score. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, Dave, prediction. Uh, yeah, I, I could lean towards Andy's way of thinking, but I, I, I my gut feel is I don't see how we score. I don't see how we score against them. They're the best defence in the league. We couldn't get past West Brom. 
with the, you know who do who are basically going <laughs> to do, do a uh, who do a shitter version of what Chelsea do. Mm. Um, I think we're going to draw nil nil. Nil nil. Yeah, and that that would effectively end everything for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, th- okay. I think it's ended anyway. But yeah, okay. So one up, one down. To be clear, Hull yeah. ended well, it for me. Yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I died that night. So yeah. it's like if you look at if you look at United's running, you're probably looking at best of win, losing a draw. Yeah. So that was that means we we Have need to win, to win all the games. So we can't afford to draw. This is yeah, a, this is great crack. Uh, I, I'm going. Andy, you've convinced me, man. Lovren's going to score. Trev on board. Choo 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 choo. <laughs> Champions League family hashtag <laughs> Champions League ever seen uh, never, never, never. Yeah, yeah. go ahead Phil what do you think um, I think this is Chelsea are out for a party I think if, if Mourinho in his head would think well if I lose that, this game I don't really care yeah. it, it doesn't matter Yeah, and he's that cynical he just he'd probably tell them go and have a bit of crack lads do, do loads of attacking stuff I leave gaps expose Terry to Sterling or something like that right mm-hmm. like, like remember when they won the FA Cup and we played them about like 10 minutes later yeah, yeah, yeah. And we won four 0 And we won a hundred nil, yeah. And yeah, we just we just against Ancelotti. We just yeah. battered Terry really all over the park that night. He was falling on his arse and everything. Mm. He was on the gargle for the whole lot, like and everything, right? So yeah. So I think we'll we I think we win three two and Gerard scores one with his knob in the last minute. Oh. <laughs> and then Moons Moons the fucking the the shed end or whatever it is in fucking Chelsea. <laughs> As he walks out the pitch, up yours, fingers, the works. Does a slip down the tunnel. Does a slip down the tunnel. <laughs> that Slips it in. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Okay, let's uh, engage with what the listeners want to talk about. First one is from, actually, a fellow here you can't seem to make up between his Twitter handles. We've got at Demo Knows Players <laughs> and at uh, Demo Cabs. And what he wants to know is uh, the... <laughs> The Poxy plane banner. Uh, are we arsed about it at all? Or what's your opinion on it? What was your take on the, the, the plane banner? I think uh, whoever whoever set it up slipped up at the last bit oh, yeah. saying Rafa in because it didn't really represent anything real. Pretty niche. But, you know, it just sort of went, ah, you fucking idiots. And they said clop in. Yeah, you just ruined it. Had it been Rogers out, there's enough people shouting from the rooftops about that, but putting the last bit in, um, I can't take it seriously. Like I, I don't. I think like it can only have been the United fans. They're the only group of people that are stupid enough to put a plane over a stadium <laughs> with a message. You know, I agree. I, I mean, didn't they fly a plane over? Yeah, yeah the bird about yeah. asking Ronaldo to come home. Like, thank <laughs> 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 for real. Yeah, they did. Yeah, come Jeez. home, Ronaldo. Like, so look, they're pl- flying planes all over the shop. <laughs> <laughs> now they're flying up from uh, Blackpool or something up up to up to Anfield. It's just so stupid. Yeah, and uh, so you're I, going with that narrative that was definitely you. You can't take it seriously as a, as a, a thing. From no, or, or else it's just uh, the other possibility. It's just uh, as they say, wool behavior. It's, yeah. it's just an element of this modern fan who doesn't really understand oh, anything that's fans. going on. Yeah, uh, and just says this is the this is the ideal thing to do. Yeah, so it could be a bunch of rich fucking. Looney. 17, 18 year olds like you think this is this is good go fun well, if it is it's the most properly embarrassing thing ever yeah. isn't it like surely it's, it's yeah. shockingly embarrassing I, I didn't know what way to look yeah, when I, I saw I, I don't know like I, my brother was at the game I just said what did you make of the plane he said I, I didn't even see yeah. what was their plane so <laughs> okay yeah. I think yeah. that uh, regardless of what you think of the manager he deserves more respect yeah, than 
stupid stunts like that to be pulled you know I think there'll be enough analysis there has been enough analysis and enough criticism of him and his performance this year without someone feeling like they need to do some sort of pantomime solution to it do you know what I mean mm. I mean I do agree I think the play you know it's kind of like if you're a slow reader you'd go Rogers out okay Rafa what Rafa in no come on like, I mean so I think if it just said Rogers out I do think it would have caused more of a debate you know, yeah. regardless of whether people agree to that or not. Um, I think it's the type of thing that, like, American sports newspapers might pick up or, mm. you know, things like that. But the fact that they then suggested his replacement, who is the most unsuitable person to come and do it, it's just a bit mad, really. Like, and, you know? and also, also like, we're not at a stage where there, there's uh, banners going up in the ground yeah, where people exactly. are balls out about the wanting Rogers out situation. It is a kind of an undercurrent it always has been, even when things were going well. Like it yeah. only would have took a loss last season, and then they, they come out of the closet again. But if you want to, if you want to make a, a statement, anybody, any one individual can fly a plane. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sure Rogers looked and said, sure, "That's just one per That could be one person's yeah. opinion." I think that's what it's when well. you see, and people are still singing for Rogers. Like you know, it's still happening. It's a much more the Rogers thing is a much more. It reminds me a little bit of Kenny in that it's a, it's actually much more nuanced than I want him in or I want him out for most people. Like yeah. For most people, it's like, I see some good, I see some bad, and you you kind of in the grave. You know, for some people, it's like, give him another season, you know, maybe another season without Gerard, without Johnson, without these guys. You know, maybe that, maybe some support in the background, you know, from the structure helps him out. And then there's other people where it's gone too far. I know, you know, Phil's one of those guys, you know, where actually it's gone too far and we should be looking to upgrade and I can understand that thing. But this isn't Mutiny, this isn't Hodgson, this isn't an entire ground no. going, this guy needs to go. I think for the vast majority of Liverpool fans, if he got another season, you know, provided we started okay, I think most people would be willing to give him another goal. Did it give you a giggle, Phil? Oh, of course it gave me a giggle. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, they weren't flying fucking planes over when Hodgson was fucking managing. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, and, 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 and Gillette were there. Do you know what I mean? Like, they should have been attaching Hudson to the back of the plane and dragging him out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, there yeah. should have been a parachute or something, you know, one of those ladders to come down and take him and, yeah, and lift like him that, out. Like that shit from college. Ah, yeah. listen, it's, 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 it's idiocy. I, 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 as much as the, the airplane crowd have come out and said, no, it was Liverpool fans and their season ticket holders that paid for this, right? I don't know. It, it could be as much a stunt for the, the airplane crew. The, for flying banners because that's what they do. Mm. Like it's it's a it's cost them nothing to fly the plane up and down. If it, and look at all the the air miles that they got out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, look, look seriously, look at it. And their, their Twitter account is buzzing. There's people trying to find out who it was and who who what were the Liverpool fans. They've generated yeah. a shitload of publicity for themselves. Yeah. Mm. So they should fly banners over all the ground. The Rogers Out Brigade aren't really doing themselves any favours. It's all they're all just getting very hot and bothered about things. Like it's all reactive, irrational stuff. Like they're not able to say, right, get rid of Rogers and we appoint blah blah and have a have a plan in place. It's just get rid of Rogers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just I hate him. Man. You know, so yeah. it's it's not really it's it, like if you, if they if you had one of them responsible for running the club. We'd be in serious shit, yeah. but it's like it, it, it goes back to like, and as Dave said, I, I'd be one in favour of replacing them, right? But at the same time, like, my whole thing has always been there has to be a plan around it. Like, yeah, there's no exactly. point just getting rid of them for the yeah. sake of rid of them. And I've already said that I expect him to be there next season, so mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not there expecting to see him gone now. You weren't were flying a plane, yeah. Like, Look, there's well, always, you weren't flying a plane. No, couldn't get the ropes down <laughs> to get him out. <laughs> there's an always always an upgrade. Sure, like didn't the Chelsea fans love Marino, but they accepted that when when he went. Uh, coming up to when they went they needed to make a change Yeah, they needed to start dominating yeah. Europe and 
like you look at Ferguson's domination with United winning leagues and they were piss poor in Europe they weren't winning enough European trophies for such a long domination there, there was an upgrade there yeah. It's all, there is always a, an upgrade so as much as I think maybe give Rodgers another season if Klopp sells himself to Liverpool come saying I want, it, I want this job well then you have to go right fair enough yeah, right, get rid of them. Next one is from uh, at Colbot Spaceman, uh, and uh, at Colbot Spaceman wants to know um, what did we think of Nigel Pearson? Bit of a cock, isn't he? Do you know what though? Right, I, I'm going to stick up for him a little <laughs> I bit. Don't. No, I, I don't. No, I am. Here's what I am. Right, oh. because I tell you something. Do you know all the people who are pissed off? They're fucking journalists. So fuck him. Fuck that the journalist is upset that he called him an ostrich. But Why that's is that, that fucking news? But that's not the point. It's not taking the journalist's point. It's looking at him being such a playground bully twonk. Hang on. Can but I say not. something? Yeah. Can I say something, right? Yeah. For 20 odd years, those journalists took punches in the face off Alex Ferguson. Yes, never they wrote, did. Never wrote a thing yeah, about exactly. him, right? And never attacked him. A manager treats them, treats them with the same disdain who's not Alex Ferguson mm. and they all get in their fucking But that's not a defence. So fucking Mourinho is, no, mo- no, but, uh, Mourinho is more of a bloody drunk cat than Nigel Pearson Look at fucking Van yeah. Hal. Mm. No, they're not saying, they're saying fuck all to him. Mm. Because the, the, the only difference is Pearson manages Leicester. If Pearson was managing Manchester United they'd be saying fuck all to him. Yeah. Don't forget Mourinho like poked Villanova in the eye he's an absolute prick and his press conferences are much worse much more belligerent he sat there about three months ago and wouldn't answer a question sat in silence for like 40 minutes Mm -hmm. nobody's writing character assassinations of Mourinho I'm sure Nigel Pearson is a prick don't get me wrong but everyone has everyone has a right to be a prick but I'm a prick I'm I'm fair to belligerent thing I hate to I hate to see when Rogers is sitting in um, in a press conference as an equal to all them fellas like a journalist is not near what Rogers is. Mm. You have to be able to control them thing and then put them in their place every so often. Rogers has never really put them in their place as such. Where, where have you been for the last three months? Like, have you had your head in the sand? <laughs> you know what no, I mean? But, but I like, think you're an ostrich. Is what I'm per- saying. <laughs> but I actually per- think that's funny. Pearson's, <laughs> Pearson's uh, thing. Like, he, he could if you if you wanted to have a little attack yeah. on the media, don't say you're either silly. Or he's making noise. Stupid. Yeah, it's yeah. bullshit. It's it's like Jesus Christ. It's it. Don't give two options which are the same thing. Yeah. You know. You, I, look, that's your only criticism. It's <laughs> badly done. If, if you want be more aggressive. drama, if you be want more aggressive. <laughs> but like, what were the two? The two options there were they're, they're being silly as if if he's sitting there being stupid and ignorant. Yeah. Or else you're on the wind up. Yeah. You're either purposely here to get a rise out of me, or you're just. Pure plain stupid. Which are you? Put the thing back in your man. See what he says. See, uh, well, uh, Nigel, I'm, I'm, I'm just stupid. Okay. <laughs> but, instead, but instead, he made he made he looked like the fool. Yeah. You know, his life. Yeah. Plus, they write what they want anyway. So, yeah. like, you know, they're gonna call him everything anyway. I, but there was more. The Nigel, get on the Nigel Pearson bus. Here, was, come on. There was more comments about him giving out to a journalist than when didn't he stand on a fella's head or something earlier in the season? <laughs> he, no, he, he, he wrestled MacArthur down to the ground. Yeah, that, but that, do you know what I mean? That's like there was more. Oh, you wouldn't let him up. Really. They, they were moaning more about him calling the fella an ostrich mm. than standing on a bloke. Just one thing, and right? giving him a figure for leg. One final thing on until he tapped. They've just won five five out of the last six games. Leicester right then they yeah. could survive this season yeah. right if Mourinho was doing this everyone would be saying 
Mourinho's a genius. He draws mm. all the attention on himself. Yeah. His players are under no pressure mm. because everyone hates him. Yeah. Right? Well, maybe Nigel Pearson is just as fucking smart as Mourinho and has gone, they know what I'm going to do, lads. I'm going to pick a fight with everyone. And then they're right about me and you guys relax. You just go and play your football mm. and we'll win. They've won five out of six games. He could call everyone anything. That might be a stretch, but I'm going to go mm. with it. I did not see this going this way, but fair play. <laughs> uh, uh, Connor's next question for us. And you're not going to fucking tell it. What? I'm not going to tell Andre Agassi's story. You'll be bored. Uh, the next question is from Connor. Now, it's very specific, so I'm going to open it a little bit. He says, would you stab out your own eyes if it meant Liverpool win, would become a great team again and win the league? Okay. What would you do? No. What kind of thing would you call that? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Fucking, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, you know? What would you inflict upon yourself? What, what would you be willing to accept in terms of some sort of physical affliction for Liverpool to win the league? And it can't be just, I'd put up my eyebrows. Yeah. Because you can see, oh, can't, can't see my eyebrows anyway. It's not, is it? Can't be that, then, is it? <laughs> no. That's your rule, is it? You know? <laughs> I don't know. Well, obviously, you were going to go for the eyebrows. Obviously, thing, so. the eyebrows yeah. was that yeah. answer number one, which I've just <laughs> been taken away here. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't yeah. have a particularly high pain threshold. I'm not sure there's much I'd be willing to do. What about the top of your little finger? <laughs> no. No, to make well, I don't to make them what a great team. What does that mean? Yeah, let's say win the league. What would you do for a league win? For a league win, yeah, would you lose a nipple? <laughs> you can exist without your nipples, can't you? Of course, you can exist yeah. without your nipples. Would you? I'm just not sure that. Would you brand yourself? I'm just not sure. Mutilation is a price I'm willing to do. do. What brand? A brand branding like a cow. <laughs> yeah, they, they heat yeah. things up and stamp, stamp it into their skin. Where, though? Where? <laughs> what? Where? Where would you have to be Where branded? On your ass? Not on your forehead or anything. <laughs> 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 your arse or your chest. Or All right, I take a brand in off Andy. <laughs> if Liverpool could win the league. Would it be hashtag LFC fan? It would say LFC fan. No, it would be hashtag choo-choo. Rogers out, wrap it in. Rogers out, wrap it in. It's the little train in Monopoly. But can I just say, if if Connor would be willing to stab his own eyes out for Liverpool, he needs to go and see a fucking doctor. Like, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Next one's from Nick. Uh, Nick wonders, he's got a list of three things. Which is the most frustrating? A pen that's running out of ink, a knot in your shoelace, or the word outstanding, I suppose, in the current context? Definitely the pen. Mm. A pen running out? Yeah. Yeah, what is that one? It just is, like, because you start scribbling real fast to get it going. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make a difference, it just rips you the pen. You know when you lick the top well, of it yeah, as well, what, like, that's going to do it. Well, you, well, you lick the pen. Yeah, you lick the top of it. But why does that always happen when you have to take down something urgently? It's but never yeah. like, I just have to write a list here. The worst thing is when it's, a, you know, it's a, a, a big sea troop or yeah. you can, you and you can, can see there's fucking loads of ink. What's actually happening in there? It's just stuck, isn't it? You need to Maybe if you give it a lick, it might get it moving. No, no. <laughs> give it a lick, you'd be fine. Well, if you put it in the microwave, would it get it gone? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just a little bit of dry. There's also a bit of metal. But there's metal. You don't want to put metal in the microwave, on you? Put it in the you put it in for a couple of seconds. <laughs> put it in do, you ever, do you ever put metal into the microwave just for a laugh? Like? Yeah, I did. Yeah, no. Like, uh, no. If you put Not it for a laugh, like, I did it by accident. I'm actually fond of red paint in my face. It's actually grand. It gets, it gets like electric shocks, like lightning. Yeah. It's deadly. Mm. Oh, it's class, yeah. yeah. And then it shatters. and People are, they over-exaggerate things. Like a bit of metal in the migraine, it's grand. Like it just it sparks. Are me. you speaking from experience? Yes, <laughs> it's happened. Like it's happened to everyone. You know them plates you get that you can't put in the microwave because it's got metal on it. Plate. <laughs> it's got a uh, like Those some sort plates. of thing or uh, design around it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal like that shit that sort of happened to me. Like or, or putting your fork in a toaster. You can put a fork in a toaster. 
No problem. Just don't do stick it onto the elements. Who's yeah. stupid enough? You stick it into the bread and you pull the bread out. <laughs> yeah, because that's a really sensible <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. People need to yeah. stop exaggerating about how it's all Yeah, they should. I think it's deadly when you see the metal in the microwave. Yeah. You're going to go home and do it. I know yeah. you fucking are. Uh, next one's another hypothetical. This is from Mark Shanley. Mark wants to know, would you rather live a thousand years as a healthy 25-year-old or have a normal lifespan and be able to travel through time? That's a really deep question. It's a, it's a good that's one. A good, that's a great just, question. For the first time of six months, that's a good question. A, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, fair fucks to you, man. Yeah. There you go, Mark. I'd be... Can you only eat normal lifespan <laughs> by travel in time because you'd be able to travel to the future and discover secret to, you know, living forever anyway. Oh, so you're not even I think, that's, uh, that's I think it's the 24, age 25,000. <laughs> you but I might, might fix that age a little bit. You, you can't, Max. Oh, you want to be <laughs> No, well, okay. Fair enough, Max. How, <laughs> how old do you want to be? What, what, what's your ideal age, Andy? What, what do you want to be for a 10 I think years? 16. It's a whopper age. Are you fucking... You can get re- away with more than... Nah. Oh, it's a shit more, age, man. But you're growing up to, to know about... So a thousand years, years you won't be able to drink? For a thousand you, oh, years. Oh, you didn't drink when you were 16? Well, not legally, Andy. Come on now. Okay, so you're 16 with the capability to grow beer. A hipster 16-year-old. Okay, so you're a bearded 16-year-old <laughs> for a thousand years. What if in 200 years it's illegal to have a beard or something like that? Like, do you know yeah, what I, mean? I don't know. 25 just, yeah. Like it's, you you it's keep a, telling me you're teenagers, man. You must have a See, the difference with, the reason, <laughs> the other reason for time travel. thinking if you only knew what you know now. But that's why time travel works because if you if you travel back in time, you could be rich because you can like bet on sport, you know, bet on sporting events or stock markets from the past. You'd be a millionaire. Whereas if you live for a thousand years as a sixteen-year-old, you don't learn anything. You're just the same person for a thousand years. You won't be any richer. With spots, yeah. I think I do the time traveling bit. Yeah, exactly. Because you'd be able to travel forward in time and see what happens in your own life, right? Right. And then you can change stuff now and see what what changes. So you can get yourself to live loads of different lives. No, that goes against the theory of relativity now. No, and it's too... Hey, time, we're ta- we're time, time, is, time is linear. You're talking no. about... How, how do you know it? You haven't Nobody fucking knows it. Einstein said. <laughs> it's, it's one of the few things Einstein did say. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to yeah. be a thousand years to 25 yeah, years. That's fucking magic. But the thing about it, uh, this, That's magic. this tells it, like they, they don't believe that when I say day, you know they always say day when you come yeah. back this day. <laughs> you know them, them were saying, the uh, were saying this yeah. documentary there and this channel I don't that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's, there's a theory out there that the first a thousand year old uh, person is alive at the moment. Go on, I'm going to have to extrapolate. Well, it's just like they, like they, yeah, <laughs> scientists, folks. And, they're not far away from eradicating certain diseases that will allow people you know, in the, in, oh, in, you mean in someone who is alive now could live to be a thousand? Yeah. Not that there is someone alive now who is a thousand. No. no. <laughs> okay. The per- the first person to live to a thousand years has been born. Is being born. Yeah, here's that's a, mental. Now, if you choose to be a twenty five year old and live for a thousand years, yeah, I, I assume you're starting from now. Yeah. So you'll be three thousand and fifteen. Will be the end of you. So you're, 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 it's capped. Like this is it. You start now. Yeah. And on You've got a May the 5th, 3015, you you're wink popping out. your clogs. You wink out as a 25-year-old. However you might be. Why? Because if we get to the singularity... Oh, for fuck's sake. And you're able to upload your consciousness there. Oh, why did I even ask? <laughs> and you're able to upload, upload your consciousness. Upload your consciousness. Why did I then you'll become this? immortal. 
Yeah. Basically, the, the, I suppose there is that option, but do you want to live forever? No, seriously, Jeff. Seriously, seriously, seriously. Singularity. Seriously. What if we got to tell you about twenty-five-year-old? You can only eat cheese for a thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> we'll finish with a mention for uh, Astro Park, who are our hosts here. Uh, you should log on to astropark.ie and have a look at the uh, facilities on available there. And we want to mention an event, which is the Brendan Deveni the Charity Match and Gala Dinner, um, which will feature the Mullingar All-Stars uh, against the Brendan Deveni All-Stars. It's going to be on on Sunday, May the 31st, um, and it'll be on in uh, Mullingar Athletic Gainstown. Match tickets are adult 10 euros, ch- children are 3 euros, and you can buy those tickets from the Greville Arms reception uh, or by ringing 044-9348-563. The event is going to feature such stars as Steve Staunton, Paul McGrath, Phil Babb, Alan Kennedy, so obviously well worth your attention. Um, we want to also mention the Anfield Index pod channel where you can find a whole lot of glorious content including our own nonsense. So get on to at AIP channel on Twitter. And a final plug then is for the We Are Liverpool fanzine, which is out now, available from wearelivpoolfanzine.com and at home games from outside the ground. It's an excellent publication um, and it is incredibly good value considering what a tremendous amount of good stuff is in there for £1.50. Your day trippers tonight were Andy Young, Dave Thomas, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. Can I just say as well, like the opportunity to do them things are running out like he's getting married like he he probably won't get a chance to do it till all his mates are 40 again yeah. and when you're 40 like going around the gang over a bit <laughs> like just going to laugh at you whereas if you're going over there say a big group of 20 you know 28 30 year olds like you know you, yeah. you just well, thanks for ruling out Vegas for me and my mates. <laughs> you fucking ball bag. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You said just like... You are, you... Right, you're off for six weeks? After this next shift, I'm in Friday day, Saturday night, and I'm off for six weeks now. Nice. Holidays? Yeah. Just, yeah, just like a few few days I had off. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a few days are due to me, you know. Are you going on a strike or something? <laughs> no. Out with the buses. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, most of the people on YouTube have, have missed it all because I forgot to put the, press the start broadcast button after the link went down. <laughs> so <laughs> they've only been on for five minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> Professional, <laughs> right? Oh. Wow. <laughs> Anyway, you've, missed, right? you've missed some great content. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. Do you remember when Dave got naked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right there. And it's YouTube, so you don't need to dress up for it. <laughs> so. I hope you told him I always look like this. Fucking waistcoat, man. I know, yeah, waistcoat and everything. He always looks like this. He came straight from the pool. I actually genuinely do. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Sports Social Podcast Network.